0: Well, welcome in, and we are ready to go with the rematch. It is the Rage on the Red Sea. Oh, oh, it is Usyk and Joshua. We have gotten to fight week as part of topheavyweights.com, the podcast. They're ready to go in Saudi Arabia, part two, with Alexander Usyk defending the unified heavyweight titles of the WBA, the IBF, and the WBO. I am merely the somewhat competent host, TJ Reeves. He is Sean from TopHeavyWeights.com back aboard. We've gotten a fight week, my friend.
1: We're here. It's building up. There have been efforts on the outside to try to dilute it, but um, it seems like everything's gearing up, and most people who follow the sport, and I think even casual fans know we're in for something special. We're looking forward to this,
0: and speaking of something special, whenever, I mean this, we get the chance to get some insight, some analysis from... England I love the boxing writer David Payne from boxingwriter.co.uk that's his site he has been covering the sport for the better part I don't want to make him out to be old but for the better part of about oh 20 25 years great insight on British fighters in particular loves the heavyweight division so here is David Payne back aboard on topheavyweights.com. the podcast how are you my friend I'm very good TJ great to be back as
2: always thank you for the invitation hello Sean Looking forward to chopping this one up, as you say.
0: Um, It's a great fighting prospect, lots to talk about. There is a lot to talk about, but before we get into this specific fight, we have to let the audience know that we can see each other. Not that that means anything just on the audio podcast. And tonight, Mr. Payne is sporting a Henry Cooper t-shirt. So before we began to record this podcast, and before we began to talk more about the rematch, Usyk and Joshua, I need the story because you said, I won this shirt. I won this shirt. All right, so how did you win the man that knocked Muhammad Ali down, right, back in the day in the 1960s, Henry Cooper? How did you win the shirt?
2: Uh, well, I wish it was a strongman competition. You know, I'd hit a great Thor hammer on a bell at a fair or something like that and give you a nice, exciting story. Um, but uh, I, I won this. Uh, they they asked for um, – I'm, I'm showing it proudly to my two compatriots here. <laughs> Um, And I don't look as good as Henry would have done in it, I hasten to add, although I probably weigh about 190, the same as he did, that he's the heaviest. No, I won this in a competition to write something about the great man himself, um, and I went a a bit left field, uh, writing as though I was kind of Henry Cooper in the ring that night um as the starting point so they were suitably impressed and the prize was a couple of these wonderful t-shirts because the competition was run by a clothing company and I thought I'll have a peck at that and hey ho I must I must be able to put a few words together from time to time
0: Uh, all right Sean on a scale of one to ten this is like a nine or a ten for me the Henry Cooper shirt and the story your thoughts here please Sean
1: uh it's a nine it's uh, a connection i think that's generous personally but you know okay okay fine 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 (laughs) 7.5 if i want to be rude but no it's really it's just it connects to efforts it connects to promotion it connects to a british hero it connects to the heavyweights and uh yeah i think it's awesome i mean every element and everything that a great heavyweight fan has that connects to an effort connects and you're journalists and uh but I think anything that connects you to your efforts to promote and to be involved in the sport is commendable. And to look at it as a cool piece of clothing makes it extra
0: cool. So we're, we're going to have to have a social media little tease or video of David in the Henry so, Cooper shirt. So oh, so it.
1: what's – do you remember the name of the company? Of course.
0: British Vintage Boxing, which
2: I oh, think – Oh, wait a, a minute. They've got yeah. their yeah. sponsor, yeah, right? They so they David is now trained. training. That,
0: that is what it says. Yes, yeah, British, British Vintage Vin- all right. Vintage boxing so he's turned and showed it to us even though this is an audio podcast. Yeah. So uh, did you put them out of business or, or are they still perking No, they're on? still they're still trading
2: very happily and they're are and I and I can recommend the quality and longevity of <laughs> their article,
0: garments. So by all means give him a visit I'm uh, sure he'd be happy to see the traffic I love right. I love that okay so again uh, not that we digress to the point of absurdity here we are going to get back to the fight card here and the Joshua Usyk main event one more bit of housekeeping however you found us through a social media link through topheavyweights.com, through David his social promotion and his site boxingwriter.co.uk um, uh, we thank you for doing so. But follow or subscribe on the Big Fight Weekend podcast feed. That's where you find uh, this show. And Sean, I'm even pledging to you. We've been regular a p- couple times a month. We're going to come right back with whatever happens in this fight. We'll have a recap podcast as you're hearing us the week of the fight. We'll have a recap podcast next week after the fight because. Uh, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot to talk about on this. You don't have to worry about finding us because if you're following or subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, you'll get an automatic alert, a ding, a bell, a vibrate, whatever on your phone that will say, hey, here's a new one uh, from TJ, from Sean and from guests like David. With the inside of the analysis so please do that for us i should tell you both guys we have got more and more audience finding us by the thousands on the big fight weekend podcast feed despite my best efforts to hold the audience back like at the gates figuratively they are finding us they are coming through and that's a good thing and i think this fight is going to drum up the interest so david to you it, it seems like i always ask you this question the week of a fight we're a few days now depending on when they hear us Uh, as we release the podcast midweek this is happening on saturday night in saudi arabia give us a little idea of what it is like interest wise in the uk in england where you are as joshua goes in a rematch to try to get his titles back for a second time and a second time in the middle east give us a sense of as as things are building this week what it's like if you would
2: well tj i think um there's a little more work to do um, for the promoters I think the machine that is matchroom will make sure that that uh, work is done and done well of course we start to see the training montages and all the other um, kind of shoulder programming that starts with this stuff Um, but I think it's got a little work to do because um, it's come right at bang start at the Premier League season so it's got a bit of competition for kind of sports news um there's a lot of fresh energy around the premier league again right now so it's competing and obviously it's abroad which slightly changes the dynamics somewhat um but it's anthony joshua and anthony joshua is box office one of the most known faces in um british life let alone sporting or boxing in the world so there will be no problem in getting the word out there that this is around and available on Saturday night. And as the week goes on and the sound bites come out and the press conferences and so on, it gathers pace, it gathers momentum, and he needs no introduction. So he tends to bring excitement one way or another, um, not always the way he wants it to be. Um, so they'll have no trouble drawing a crowd, and it will be a, a, a hot talking point, I'm sure, by Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as we go towards weighing and face offs, etc.
0: Alright, so Sean, there's there's some perspective from England. Give me your thoughts. You do this 24-7 mm-hmm. at TopHeavyWeights.com. It is starting to build, my friend, for this week. Thoughts as we get closer to the rematch for Usyk and Joshua?
1: Well, I think it's a quiet storm. I think there's a knowledge, at least in Canada, which isn't as entrenched in the boxing sport as the United Kingdom, but there is, among people who know boxing, who follow the division, there is a buildup. is a anticipation i think for people that are are what you would call casual fans there's a there's a desire to um to see it so that's for sure that extends well beyond what we've got going on in the united king well not beyond that but it goes beyond what non-fans would be doing uh i believe um, it's a bit it's a bit of a wait-and-see fight i think a lot of people sort of have this will it be history or will it be a letdown And, uh, you know, we all know Tyson Fury has done his bit to dilute the idea of what it is. Um, Who knows? Uh, A lot of money is being spent. The Saudi Arabians have ensured that they've got sky in the United Kingdom. Here it's going to be DAZN. In the United United States, it'll be DAZN. And uh, TJ, I ask you, how do you feel uh, it's building or... How is it being? Oh, good? I
0: think I think it will get some the interesting thing, because David was mentioning that the English Premier League for football in Europe or what is soccer in the US and North America has begun. American football has not really yet started They're in the preseason. So this is a good spot here where a Saturday afternoon, early evening heavyweight title fight will get some attention, particularly if it's an exciting uh, fight. Again, we should make mention that Saudi Arabia is seven hours in front of Eastern Time, but it's only a couple of hours in front of uh British summertime, which they're on right now. Did I get that right, David Payne? I think I got it right on British uh summertime. We are on British summer we
2: are on British summertime, yes. Um, from what from what I've read, we've got a um eleven PM or ten fifty-four walkout time here in the UK, which is staggering that from a pay-per-view in a foreign country with a where a, where a primary market that they can still end up with an 11 p.m walkout but hey help! what do i know about it
0: this could, it could be a little sooner depending on if undercard fights end much much quicker but probably going to be delayed to somewhere around there uh for what's happening with Usyk and uh and joshua and look i will say on the front end i want both of your thoughts sean i'll go to you uh first here on this you know that i've been skeptical that we would get here and and maybe i don't want to jinx it i hope that we are going to get here for this weekend but with all of the uh political concerns with the war that's going on in ukraine with different things that could have derailed this for whatever reason we have gotten here and it, and there is just something about a heavyweight title fight that has three belts on the line. And what's looming for the winner is an undisputed championship fight with Tyson Fury. We all think, we all believe. Sean, what's your what's your thought on getting to the finish line here?
1: Well, uh, we made it and uh, there's a fourth belt on the line too, which is the ring belt. And that has to be sort of mentioned because it does connect to a part of the lineage in a sense, to what extent i'm not sure but that will be on the line and um i i believe that it's an international event uh, there are people competing all over the world from as, as i've said before i believe there are people around the world competing in events representing their countries and their countries are in in difficulty uh, in terms of what's going on so i think this is far and away from the difficulties and. It's being broadcast for free in the Ukraine. I don't know if that uh, you know is widely known, but if you live in the Ukraine, this is going to be on broadcast free television. everyone can watch it and uh, I think that's sort of uh, hopefully give people a bit of a break from the uh, from the difficulties.
0: David, a thought on the political backdrop as part of it uh, with this, but despite skepticism, including by me, it looks like this is going to come off and happen in the Middle East. A follow-up thought from you, David Payne.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's easy to be glib about that stuff, um, and it's easy to kind of use more comfortable phrases like the problems in Ukraine. Uh, let's not let's not beat around the bush here. It's a country at war with another sovereign state that's taken over huge swathes of its land, and has killed thousands of soldiers and civilians with no real uh, provocation. So it's an awful situation that they face in that country. And this can seem entirely trivial um, in comparison. And I'm sure it has felt like that at times for one of the participants. Um, I think picking up a strand that I think the point Sean was, was making, well, within his point, was that we're boxing fans, we're not politicians, we're not diplomats. Uh, we are people of the world and we can make our own commentary on it. Um, but ultimately, the event goes ahead. It's away from the problems. The people of Ukraine will get to see their great champion fight. And um, I think it's probably in all our benefits to kind of stick to the boxing, isn't it? There's plenty of other crimes around the world going on too, including, we'd have to say, the venue. He's not without sin and not without political commentary being necessary. Um, and uh, I've done plenty of damage in their neighbouring countries. So it's a real melting pot of, of strands of thought if we go down the political route. So sure, I'm not
0: shy of doing that, but I think the listeners probably want us to focus on the boxing. Absolutely. Now, interesting. You mentioned Saudi Arabia. And again, by means of outline, we're going to have David's breakdown and get a prediction. And then again, because it's late at the time that we're taping, we'll say thanks to him when we're done. And Sean and I will continue because as people have become accustomed to Sean, you and I can't contain ourselves and we will go on and on. So that will be (laughs) that will be coming up after David. But David, I want your thought here. There is an interesting symmetry to the fight being in Saudi Arabia as it relates to Joshua and a rematch. We saw this movie before in December of 2019, albeit a different opponent in Andy Ruiz. uh, He got his titles back that night in uh, in Daria, Saudi Arabia, if I say it correctly. Uh, He won that night by decision. Now, here we are some two plus years later, two and a half years later. He's trying to do the same thing, and it's in the same country it's not in the same city people need to be aware it's in a different city it's in a different venue but David what about that from a nostalgia and a symmetry point of view that's an interesting additive to this isn't it it is uh it we always like to look for these
2: echoes don't we from the past whether it's um going much further back into history about uh what tends to happen in rematches. And we kind of have a rule of thumb that it tends to be the same outcome and sometimes more decisively than the first time. Um, It couldn't get much more decisive than the two Liston and Patterson fights or Ali Clay with Liston too. Um, But we've also seen that um, people like Lennox Lewis can turn the form book, or sorry, reverse the results, should I say. And they're kind of interesting and it's nice to touch on them and it gives us a nice place in time and a bit of context. But I think to all intents and purposes this is a totally different situation for Joshua and in respect of when Lennox Lewis lost those two fights with McCall and Rackman we could all recognise that particularly in the Rackman case at that point in his career that was just a complete anomaly he made a mess of his preparations and he got caught with a tremendous shot we often dismiss that but Rackman did knock him out Uh, and that's not always an easy thing to do Um, but he did manage to get the job done but the, the the immediate rematch, which he had to fight for through court, of course, to actually get, um, provided the result that it should have happened the first time. Now, with regards to Joshua in this match, it's totally different, and I believe it's also totally different to the very recent history, his own history with Ruiz. The Ruiz fight was the first one was an abomination. However, Ruiz was underestimated to some extent, and Joshua. Perhaps, apart from my esteemed colleague, TJ, uh, who overrated it or knew he was overrated, uh, we were perhaps guilty of believing in him too much. Hand speed did for him. Didn't like it, got caught, couldn't correct the errors, couldn't close the gaps and got found out. Was on the brink of winning. We forget that too, but he was knocked out. Rematch comes around. He tries to correct some of those errors, tries to be more careful, looked a little gun-shy, but got the victory plaudits, sycophants, people in the in the payroll, directly or indirectly, made all the right noises about how what a great performance it was. To me, it wasn't a great performance. To me, it was a guy fighting someone already not the greatest athlete, but ridiculously out of shape, completely unprepared, hadn't run a mile, hadn't hit a bag, preparing for it, and still looked terrified when he attacked. So I put all that one to one side as well, and then I look, come to this fight, and I think there is nothing in history to help Joshua here. This is all about the fact that he is fighting a guy who is technically superior to him, that he happens to be bigger than. Because in every other respect of experience, mobility, technique, perhaps even holding a shot, motivation, determination, hand speed, foot speed, Yusick has the advantages. The only advantage he doesn't have is size. And Joshua's been shown to be unable to make that his advantage. So the echoes are nice and I've gone on a long time to make the rounded point about the history and the rematches, etc. But I think Joshua has a lot of difficulties winning this fight. Um, And, you know, I may be proven wrong. And you may say, I finally come round to your way of thinking, TJ. Um, but I think what, he's got a lot of problems in this fight.
0: What he's making reference to is David and I would kind of go round and round about Joshua, about Deontay Wilder, et cetera. I saw maybe more flaws than maybe he actually had. Uh, but the, in the end, he got beat. He got his titles back. So I think it is interesting, David's perspective. So John, I, uh, uh, Sean, I kind of want the same thing from yeah. you. Uh, David David laid it out that it is different, even though it's similar, it's different. I yeah. get that, but it is interesting, isn't it, that they're back in he's back in Saudi Arabia trying to regain his titles again. Just give me something on that aspect, Sean of top heavyweights, if you would.
1: Yeah, sure. I think um, everything David said was bang on. There's not not a thing I disagree with. I think if Andy Ruiz Jr. had showed up in better shape, more motivated for the rematch in Saudi Arabia. I think that would have made Joshua's victory, whatever method he employed, more more recognized. I think the the feeling was that Andy Ruiz basically dropped down below the standard that he needed to to have a good one with Joshua, and that's what happened. There's no way Usyk's showing up like that. This Usyk that's coming in, I believe, is more dangerous than the one that came in last time, and frankly, you know, again... I want Joshua to do well. I want Usyk to do well. But I think there's a good chance that Usyk's going to come in bigger than last time. But not bigger with a loss of mobility or, or, or punching power or speed or anything. I think he's going to come in bigger and he's going to be more aggressive. And I think he's going to get Joshua on the back foot more than we expect. And um, if Joshua can lose a decision the way he lost the first decision, I think he'd be lucky.
0: Interesting. All right. So Sean's kind of tipping his hand too. he and I are going to talk more of what we think happens after David departs in a little bit. But I want David to give us some insight here. There is another variable. And David, that is Robert Garcia is the new trainer that's in the corner. So to you, he's worked with Joshua for a few months now. And we come now to fight week. What in a perfect scenario or in a really good scenario that he's helped him? What are we looking for that he's helped him? how and where as an indicator for Saturday night in Saudi Arabia? What do you think?
2: Um, to answer your question, uh, to the best of my ability, I feel like I've got to go back a step. And I think we kind of just need to remember that the first fight, the, the, the tactics that Joshua deployed were, were strange, to say the least, considering his supposed advantages. What, were, what compounded that was the fact that he failed to respond to the reality that everyone else could see, seemingly apart from him and Robert McCracken, that they weren't working, that he was losing rounds, most of them fairly clearly. He had a moment or two in one or two you could perhaps make a case for, but I think you'd be being sympathetic if you did. Um, and the, 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 the corner work that he was getting was encouragement, was a praise that he was doing what they wanted him to do um we don't know what motivated that commentary because Robert McCracken is no fool he's a very very good trainer and a very experienced one and he was a fine fighter himself so we don't know if he was just managing someone he knew was not ready for what he had to face
0: amateur psychologist weigh in please is it is it the case that he only wants to hear praise and if he hears criticism it's big trouble is that a theory of yours with what you're saying no, and well, what well, the theory of mine is that perhaps
2: Robert McCracken is a pragmatist, and he knew that Joshua didn't have what he needed to change tactics. So it was a case of damage limitation: just stay in the fight, don't be humiliated. Maybe that was all he could he could reasonably expect, and therefore he's taken the taken the bullet somewhat for where Joshua was at that point in time. We know in the preceding pair of fights with Ruiz. There were some issues that have never really become clear, but we know that there were some issues around how well mentally he was for one of at least one of those fights. However, to move forward to your question about Robert Garcia, I think all three of us, as students of the sport, um, would say that there's no way you're changing a guy of 32 years of age completely stylistically. Whoever came in, it could be Manny Stewart, it could be whoever. Whoever you want to name from history or from the present day is going to change Joshua completely from what he is now. But to pick up your thread, maybe they can do something with his confidence. Maybe they can strip away some of the layers of bullshit that he's wrapped himself in. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry to use Anglo-Saxon vernacular, but... fine. Kind of wrapped himself in these nuggets of wisdom and bumper sticker kind of mental wellness. And I'm, you know, I'm not criti- criticizing anyone who's trying to make themselves more resilient, etc. But he's undoubtedly lost some of the action, some of the instinct for a fight that he had coming through. Now, he prevailed when deploying that with people like Klitschko. And we can dissect that about age and et cetera, et cetera, and how close he actually came to losing as well. But that's what got him where he is. He's actually having a fight, using his physical strength. He's a two-handed puncher and making dints in people and putting people away. And he's become, it would seem to me, he wants to be a statesman boxer. He wanted to try and sit behind the jab, do it like Lennox did it, do it like Vladimir Klitschko did it, never really have those tear-ups anymore. And paradoxically, I've written about this, paradoxically, it makes him more vulnerable. It makes him more likely to get clobbered. It makes him more nervous. It makes him inert. It makes him less successful. And that's what happened in the first fight. So if Garcia can work on that, that's great. But my reservations about that are the length of time. The fact they've not had a fight in between. There's, There's been this camp, lengthy as it's presumably been. They may have trained for some months, had some breaks, come back for a fight camp, who knows but the thing that's really ringing a bell is what i've read and heard in the last day or two is comments that maybe robert Garcia is not the head corner man and angel fernandez is the head corner man and it just that i'm like and maybe robert mccracken might come back in the future and i just start thinking something the clarity the clarity you would hope this is providing the stripping away of some of the nonsense if that's what's built up we're back to indecision again and that doesn't bode well for a man going into a fight with a guy's capable of Usyk, with the catalog of maybe weakness i don't know maybe that's an unfair assessment doesn't doesn't bode well for me it's underlined where i sat about what happens in this fight and that, that's it that joshua is probably in trouble i don't rule him out but i think he's in trouble
0: love this man's insight sean of TopHeavyweights.com. same kind of question if robert garcia is to help him, what is the one or two things you're looking for Saturday night, if it is to if it is to be different?
1: Uh, you know, to simplify things, again, I agree with David 100%, but to simplify things, I think Garcia's going to have to make him know you're losing and he's going to have to put it in Joshua's lap if it's what's happening. And as David made reference to, the basic attack, fight, destroy, I don't want to simplify things, but again, damage, bad intentions. You have to miss a lot to land a lot. Um, He's going to have to unload in a way that is risky and in a way that might make him look bad. But if he tries to stay in a mode where he looks like he's with it in terms of boxing with Joshua, I think he's he's, uh, playing a losing hand interesting he's
2: got, yeah. he's got as you say he's got to throw in combinations he's got he's to got... hold the third and the fourth and he's yeah. got to cut the ring off better he can't just go wading forward in straight lines no but uh, yeah i doubt whether he's got the engine to do that so then he becomes a five-round fighter so then he's got to take massive risks
1: and yeah. i just think he leaves himself open I, I i don't see a good way out i could be wrong but no i don't I, I, I think he has to To raise his game to another level, he's going to have to take punches he didn't expect to take or want to take at this point in his career. He's going to have to, you know, the way undefeated prospects, when they get together and they're 15-0 and and it's a show, it's a cross, it's a time for someone to move on. Someone's O has to go. Those fights are always great. They're always the best. And the reason is, is because both of them go out on their shield. And I think Joshua, for him to get over this one, unless Usyk pulled off a miracle last time, which I don't believe. Uh, Joshua is just going to have to go for broke. And I don't mean go for broke in terms of throw out the uh, kitchen sink in terms of everything he's learned in terms of boxing, but he's going to have to throw in combination. He's going to have to attack and he's going to have to leave himself open. And so on that point, just one more to circle back to both
0: of you here, David, I get the sense that you feel like, and this happened to others. It happened to Mike Tyson with Buster Douglas once You've gotten hit, hurt, knocked down, knocked out. You're a different fighter from there on. I get the sense from what you're saying, David. We still need to see Joshua perform maybe pre-Ruiz 1 with the attitude of, I'm coming forward, and even if you're going to hit me and maybe hurt me, I'm going to change things tactically. And we really haven't seen that yet since Ruiz 1 because Ruiz 2, he stayed away from him. He boxed him. He got away with what he did. The Pulev fight, again, is an aging fighter. It took a while, but he didn't have to wade through anything and come at him. He didn't do it for whatever reasons against Usyk, and I kind of sense you're saying the same thing again here, that pre-Ruiz one, Joshua needs to be back in terms of aggression, risk, taking the counterpunch. Am I summing that up fairly accurately? You are. You are summing it up fairly accurately, and again,
2: it's, as Sean alluded to earlier, it's, it's it's easy sometimes to simplify down and boil everything down to box on the outside, come crashing forward. And obviously, we know boxing is a science. It's much more nuanced than that. And the margins can be millimeters at this kind of level. And certainly, they're the margins that USIC can move in. USIC can can measure distance in millimeters. USIC can avoid punches in millimeters and centimeters. Um, And if Joshua comes crashing forward without thinking, then he's going to leave gaps of feet and inches, um, not millimetres. And Usyk will capitalise. It's a very tough task. He's got to somehow move his head, move his feet. He's got to cut off the ring. And he's 6 foot 6 and 260 pounds chasing a guy who's 225 pounds, smaller, more agile. But as also, I will just pick up to lap wrap around or pick up a point that Sean made earlier. I think Usyk were forgetting, and someone pointed this out today, a very good writer, Adam Abramovic, Abramovic I forget his, I can't pronounce his Abramowitz, name. So yes. It, yeah, no, Abramovic made this point, and it's very, very, so I'll give him credit for raising it because it's true. Everyone seems to have neglected the idea that Usyk could be better this time. Usyk has had another fight at heavyweight, he's more confident might be more solid by another five or 10 pounds. He could be better. He could be better this time. And if he, and
0: if he is, it's big trouble is what you're it, saying. And I know is, in your voice what you've yes. been saying for the last 20 minutes. It's big trouble if he is better.
2: Yeah, it is. I don't want to become blinkered. I don't want to make this an impossibility that Joshua can win because he could. He is still the bigger, harder guy, tougher, sorry, taller guy. He hits with both hands. It can happen. It's not impossible but everything leans towards you, sick you know and and that's not a big revelation i'm sure um And maybe it should have been spoken more strongly before the first fight. So we could appreciate that more the first time around. But it certainly would be foolish to look away the very hard evidence that we have from the first fight being repeated this time.
0: All right. We're going to let David go in a moment. David Payne with us. Boxingwriter.co.uk. He's the boxing writer on social media. He is fired up for this weekend. Follow him. Find him on social media. He'll have great insight on the... A perspective of this rematch and what's going to happen with Alexander Usyk and Anthony Joshua, Sean from topheavyweights.com is weighing in with me. And Sean and I are going, again are going to go more into what we think happens after David departs here in a moment. So you have in so many words said, you believe this is Usyk and the reasons why do you believe this is a 12 round fight? Or do you believe Usyk may, may eventually here, get to him, wear him down. If not get the KO in this uh, looking at that crystal ball one more time on what you think will happen. I don't think it goes a distance. I think if I had to w-
2: wager some cheddar in Jeddah, I would go with um, use it to get the job done right. You like that, Sean. I can tell you're holding it in. The cheddar oh,
0: in Jeddah. I
2: like that. Uh, I would say I think you see if I was if I was putting down some shekels, I'd go with King 11-12. I think Tyron Joshua gets stopped. I, that that that's it. I won't caveat it because every 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 pundit always does that. But if and then picks the opposite. I'm going to stick with that. I think Usyk gets this done, and I think he might get it done inside. Yes, but probably later in the fight.
0: Sean, I always love David's inside anything for David in closing before
1: we excuse him on uh on well, our topheavyweights.com, yeah. the podcast. As always, David is right on. And uh, again, I might even move that prediction to eight nine. Mm. Frankly, I could see Joshua getting tired faster than we expect, just out of pure frustration and des- desperation. And yes, um, yeah, I could see. I could. I. I don't. It's not that I want this to happen. I, I like Joshua, but I. I think this is the first fight he's going into where the boxing uh, intelligentsia if such a thing exists, or the boxing the people who know boxing, I think this is the first fight Joshua is going into where he's a legitimate underdog. and Where um, most believe that Usyk's going to win, is yeah. your point.
0: Most yeah. believe that that's what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, because okay. I just don't see Usyk crumbling. I guess if Joshua can get, and I'm not trying to double back, but if Joshua can get Usyk into a firefight, yep. and he can land that one while Usyk lands those three, but that one does enough damage to Usyk to knock him right off the rails, then Joshua's there, and that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to literally... Knock Usyk off his 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 course, if you will, and Usyk's going to have to get into panic mode because he's been hit harder than he's ever been hit before, and uh, that's that's I think that's Joshua's uh, ticket. But David, I, one I more, he... yeah. yeah can,
2: just... I, can, I, can I pose a question? I know you guys yes. are going to some more surrounding stories on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to know. If this fight's at 11 o'clock, so it's all done and dusted by midnight, UK time, sorry, Mm -hmm. I'm forgetting the time zones, an hour later after the start. Um, At what point does Tyson Fury put out the tweet that he's unretired and does (laughs) it depend on
0: who wins? Well, just... I, I know Maybe from the, Joshua.
2: I, I believe it's going to be very,
0: very quick. <laughs> I, would, I would agree. It might be 01. It might be 59. I don't know which. <laughs> but I, I just you know, this no one outside of England that follows the sport believes he was ever retired, is retired, or won't be fighting the winner of this fight. No one's ever believed that. So, so you,
1: you'd be you'd be amazed. The Canadian media just ate it up and bought it. You know. So uh, so I say I'm that, shocked.
0: but sean has got to set the Canadian media media straight. He's got to get him in line.
1: That I'm we trying. Uh, trying.
0: We understand what's at stake and uh, the legacy of what's at stake. He's fighting the winner, the end. He's fighting he the winner at some he, point. So is. we know that. Uh, he's got the tweet, David, to answer your question ready to go. It's just a matter of when does he hit the send button, when does he hit the tweet button or the Instagram post button when that fight is over. So I think it's a good point that you make. Again, we encourage you, go find David at boxingwriter.co.uk on the web. Follow him on Twitter, at The Boxing Writer. Love his insight. My friend, whatever happens, we'll catch up with you when it's done. I love reading you. I love hearing from you and you're here with uh with sean and me on the Topheavyweights.com podcast thank you thank you for hanging in there late with us tonight and and talking this up in the preview mode david payne
2: it's my pleasure as always tj good to see you sean take care both enjoy the
0: fight cheers so there he goes and you and i will circle back to final thoughts on joshua and Usyk as we gave a lot of opinions there we should mention that we have not had a show on topheavyweights.com the podcast uh, since we saw a couple of uh, significant things. First of all, Ali Aaron Demesian gets a uh, a tremendous victory for him over Adam Kovnaki uh, by virtue of a decision and an impressive one uh, back now two or three weeks ago. That's my uh, take on it. Sean, what are your thoughts? And for Aaron Demesian, uh, if I got it right there, yeah, what, yeah. what's next?
1: Well, he's uh, he's put himself in pole position for another opportunity. I don't think he is unbeatable he's uh, he's a high level he could be a high level gatekeeper or he could be much more we don't know he did lose to FAA Jagba but i think he's a lot better now than he was then he took advantage of um Kovnaki's decline and the damage that he has taken from Hellenius and uh, the question is where does he go from here well i think for Demoresian he's going to receive some pretty lucrative offers from some pretty top heavyweights he's already i think Demoresian's moved his way into the top 20 but he's going to he's going to be offered something pretty spectacular because I think he's seen to be beatable.
0: And he's in the PBC fold. Right. So that's interesting because the name Deontay Wilder is still out there. Uh, I, I know there's talk that it's not official right now, but there's talk that Robert Hellenius is the opponent. And maybe October, I see you nodding along on that, that that could be coming as well.
1: Yeah, looks like it might be October 15th at the Barclays Center. Nothing's confirmed, but that does seem to be the direction we're heading in. Frank Sanchez will be on the undercard. But again, until it's confirmed, it's not confirmed.
0: And we know that Ruiz King Kong Ortiz comes before that, coming Labor Day weekend in Los Angeles on uh, that Sunday night, actually, that weekend. So it's interesting because if Ruiz wins... That's a very intriguing again under the PBC umbrella, TGB mm-hmm. promotions etc. We've been kicking around the name Andy Ruiz, but he may come back around as a Deontay Wilder or even dare we say if Robert Hellenius wins, maybe Hellenius and and uh and Andy Ruiz down the yeah. road.
1: Baby. Yeah, if if Hellenius wins the proposed bout. Um he has done more in the last 3 fights than most guys who are knocking at the door. So he's he's going to enter a phase of his career which surpasses anything he's been at before. And uh, he's got he's a great counterpuncher. He's got the he showed in the second Kavnaki fight that he can back you up. And Wilder has shown that if he's backed up and perhaps if he's effectively counterpunched Robert Hellenius punches hard enough and can push hard enough to make it a very tough evening. So a lot of people think it's a gimme or that's an easy comeback fight for Wilder. If he were to take it, I would have to say not at all. I would say that's right on the border of high risk and um, incredible return.
0: All right. And and again, for Wilder, it's it's not unlike Joshua here. This would be a big moment for him that if he doesn't win, you you wonder if he doesn't get back on the big stage any longer. Kind of the same situation that Joshua was in, in the short term, that if he doesn't win in the Usyk fight, more on this coming up, that's yeah. a third loss in five fights for Anthony Joshua if he loses Saturday
1: night. So. Yeah, he, he's still got the advantage of if he does lose and he loses competitively in an entertaining fight, he's still fighting at the top level. But if Deontay Wilder were to lose to Robert Hellenius, uh, that will boost Robert Hellenius right to the, right to the door. But for um, Wilder, it would be a big question mark.
0: And Wilder older, Wilder about to be 37 That's years right. of age yeah. as well uh, on that. Okay, and so one more, and help me with the name yeah. uh, of the uh, of the fighter that Top oh, Rank has gotten, right. the heavyweight Ars- contender. Ar-
1: yes, Arslan Beck makhmadov There we he go, is, thank you. Yes, no problem. He has just been signed by Top Rank. He is with Eye of the Tiger Promotions in Montreal, so it's a co-promotional deal. And he has got a fight coming up with Carlos Takam, which has to be considered his biggest test. And the fact that he's signed with Top Rank, it looks like something will be happening. And again, he's in that top twenty zone as well, and he's uh, he's a he's a tough customer. So, Makhdoudov. Makmudoff. Makhdoudov. I'm just and, saying it like that. I and could
0: know. it be a name like Jared Big Baby Anderson down the road for him
1: well, under the Top w-
0: Rank umbrella? Might might take a fight or two before those yeah. two get together, but that could be intriguing as well.
1: Well, that would be that would be a decision maker. One of them is going to go right to the top. And Challenge and the question would be answered by that showdown for sure. I mean, uh, if I was a betting man and that was put forward, I'd say that's close to 50 50.
0: Interesting. Uh, Joe I Joyce mean,
1: well, at this point.
0: And Joe Joyce is another name, unbeaten WBO number one ranked contender. And now his fight with Joseph Parker is yep. on for Manchester coming in September. We have not had a show since that one got finalized and joyce is obviously in conversations for a bigger fight particularly if he wins here sean
1: yeah and that's a big if again this is another fight that is signed it's i think it's a 50 50. i don't know what the exact odds are and if they've been posted but uh that's got to be close to 50 50. um the a side is officially joe joyce Parker is the B-side, uh, but I think it could be either way, if Parker's people wanted to kick the money in. But it's uh, it's it's, a, it's, an elimin- it's an eliminator, so one of them will be in uh, the mandatory position, I believe. Um, also, they're both very highly ranked in the WBC, so there are questions there about what it could mean. Um, no, no doubt about it. This is a fight which propels the winner into the top five.
0: And just food for thought here on two points on that. One, Joyce under the promotional umbrella of Queensberry Promotions, which is Frank Warren, which is Tyson Fury. Number two, Joseph Parker, no longer under the Queensberry umbrella, but Joseph Parker, who's been training with Tyson Fury. If you look at the social media videos, he's been working out with him, et cetera. Uh, I know our uh, our guru, our insider, our content partner from Big Fight Weekend, Dan Rayfield, kind of poo pooed it when I brought it up. Would mm-hmm. Fury fight Joseph Parker if he wins over Joyce? Rayfield's thing was they're too good of friends. He doesn't think he would fight Joseph Parker. I don't know. I, uh, I don't. But that's yeah. it's interesting for that fight and for the winner of that fight. Could they be in the conversation for the WBC champ in the short yeah. term?
1: Yeah, I just think Joseph Parker has to be in the ring with someone who's. Dangerous. Someone who's coming forward. Somebody who wants to knock him out for Joe. For the best Joseph Parker to come out. I just don't think Tyson Fury and Joseph Parker will ever fight unless there's everything. All the marbles are on the line. But Joseph Parker has to show something more against Joe Joyce than he's shown in the past. Even though he was victorious over uh, Derek Chisora, and um, I just think. Again, I think the juggernaut's coming there to run him down, and if he's got what it takes and he can knock out or, or decision the, 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 the Joe Joyce the juggernaut, that'll tell us a lot. Um, but he's being set up to lose, and it should be noted that he's with Boxer and Sky, who are comp- competing with Queensbury in a sense, and there is a rematch clause, so if Joseph Parker wins, the rematch will be on Sky and Boxer will be the... Uh, Interesting.
0: Interesting. And if game. Joyce wins, he's clearly in the picture for the winner of Usyk Joshua for an undisputed challenge. If he has yeah. to wait till 2023,
1: well, he's in, yeah, the, think, he's in think, the picture. Uh, yeah. he'll, I think he'll take more fights before he gets a title shot. That's what I'm saying. I It'd just be think interesting. He's, still, he's still a little green on the professional front. I think if they hand him over to uh, the winner of um, Joshua Usyk or even Tyson Fury, it's much like when Michael Grant was handed to Lennox Lewis. He was underdone.
0: How about that? All right, there's a good reference yeah. on topheavyweights.com the podcast. Final few minutes, you and I now circling back to this Joshua Usyk fight and what happens. You have kind of let it on, yeah. I've kind of let it on. I want the same question though that I kind of posed about Joshua to now go to you about Usyk. Right. What is going to tell you Saturday night in Saudi Arabia, late night Saudi Arabia, middle of the day US time? What's going to tell you that Usyk is in good shape? If you see
1: what one or two things, Sean? I think I'm going to know it from the first round. Uh, and and I know you mentioned the weigh-ins coming. I know, I th- I believe he's going to be heavier. He he might even be in the 230s. I don't think it's going to be a bad weight. He's a professional. It's not that he's put on weight because he hasn't been training. I think he's been training to put on weight. And also he's, get, he's acclimatizing himself physically to the change to heavyweight, which is only, you know, three fights back. I think in the first round we're going to know a lot. Um, I think it's going to be one of the two of them is going to really stamp their authority on the way the fight is going to pan out, or at least hope to. Um, but I have no reason to believe that Usyk will bring anything less than his best and better than his best for this contest. Um, and by the way, TJ, what was your uh, what was your feeling on how this uh, this this was going
0: so to? So ultimately, I'm not copping out on you. I'm yeah, still yeah. waffling on what. Yeah. I I like here. So we'll talk more on the big fight weekend preview. Dan and I late in the week. We also have the bet us uh, boxing show on Fridays live at one Eastern time where I will officially go on the record. But as I said to you guys, when we were talking with David Payne, I see this being a more urgent. Is that a good word? Anthony Mm -hmm. Joshua, I see him coming forward more because he realizes tactically Uh, If I stay outside and I let Joshua do his thing, he's going to outbox me. Now, Joshua would not admit that uh, publicly, probably. But tactically, I have to think they're talking about it and he would concede an outside fight with Joshua trying to figure out Usyk and the footwork and the jab and the things that gave him problems the first time. That's going to be a replay. Is it not Sean? It's going to be a replay of last September. So he's got to change that tactically by coming forward, trying to cut the ring off and being a bigger puncher and taking the risk. Yeah. That's what what I'm contemplating anyway.
1: And do you think he will?
0: I think he will. I think regardless of how the first or the second round goes, Mm -hmm. I don't think we'll see fireworks, but I think you will start to see him come forward, try to cut the ring off and change the dynamic here. Otherwise, one of two things, either Robert Garcia didn't do a good enough job of impressing upon him how it needs to be different. This is just me from the cheap seats or two, Joshua as David theorized, ain't listening to him and wouldn't have really listened to anybody. And maybe there's as David theorized as well, too many cooks in the kitchen or in the corner in his ear anyway. So if there's not a change back to you on this, if there's Mm -hmm. not a change, isn't, isn't that an indication that maybe Joshua was not going to listen to anybody on tactics at this point.
1: I think it's fair to say that at this point, the only person who knows what Joshua is thinking is Joshua. Um, He knows where he's really at. He knows what he has to do. He's going to be alone in that ring. No trainer. No one can help him. Um, It's a fight. I think he said that in a recent interview that I watched in the last 24 hours. He goes, it's a fight and he's going to have to win. And uh, to win, he's going to have to do what he has to do. And um, I, I would never say that he doesn't have what it takes. That's for sure but Usyk is a pretty special fighter and one gets the sense that if we were considering uh, heavyweight history and going forward a couple of years, we'd probably look back and that unstoppable energy that is Usyk is currently driving its way to the Undisputed Championship. I
0: will just submit this, that he is a blown up cruiserweight depending on what we see here. He's not anywhere near as big as Tyson Fury is, for example, and Fury has constantly made fun of that. And to this point... The only significant thing he's done is outbox Anthony Joshua in the first meeting here on this, and Joshua was already beaten by somebody else before that. So I get what you're saying, but I'm yeah. I'm not ready to crown Usyk as the next great heavyweight just oh, on he the sh- small sample size
1: of him and, beating Joshua in the first fight. And he shouldn't be. Um, but right. it has to. It has to be said. He is six foot three. And it has to be said he's going to weigh over 230 pounds. And it has to be said that he's very fast and he punches, any guy that big punches pretty hard. Um, No, I don't think, I think the jury's out, but he's definitely passed the first test. No doubt about it. And uh, this is test two. And frankly, as far as Fury, it has to be said with the heavyweight division, there is nothing in the history of the heavyweight division to suggest that the bigger guys always win. If you look at the history, of the, well, right. the, uh, the history, uh, some guys that are six foot, two hundred and twenty pounds, Hollyfield is a good example. They're using speed, they're using accuracy, and 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 I think Usyk is falling more into that camp: speed and accuracy, not not bulldozing someone with power. And that's what makes the heavyweights interesting. Uh, you don't know which system is going to work. I mean Andy Ruiz is not tall. He's a different type of fighter and I'm not saying when he's out of shape. When he's in shape he's still a different type of fighter. Very fast hands. Um, he has faster hands I believe than Joshua but Joshua has more reach and more height and they just they're different. So I think Rocky Marciano brought to everyone's consciousness that if you're the hardest trainer, the hardest trier the most determined and you're willing to walk through the most, you might come out on top in spite of limitations. Yeah, that's true. Because
0: yeah. again, you were, I think, bringing it up and or with David, that the mentality of, I'll give you two on me. You can hit me a couple times, but I'm gonna deliver one. And you might even hit me yeah. three times, but my yeah. one's gonna be more important than your three and, and at in the heavy, end of it.
1: And, Yeah, and in boxing and heavyweight boxing, the whole thing, the punch that really hurts you is the one you don't see coming. It's the one you don't anticipate. And I can see um, Usyk getting some of those through, and he did in the first fight as well. All right. So uh, let's see. That's but again, I I am not sold. I mean, it's if it would depend on the odds, but I'm I'm just I'm buying into the Usyk uh, story right now. And frankly, if Joshua pulls it off, it makes the victory even sweeter.
0: And it's an amazing story under all the circumstances that we touched on earlier with the Russian invasion and the war in Ukraine. If Mm -hmm. Usyk does get this, he is now national hero yet again. And he's on the cusp of going for the undisputed title with Tyson Fury. That will clearly be next. Yeah. Uh, And you wonder here, if that happens, I, I have been on the front end with this. This is career moment for Anthony Joshua and Anthony Joshua loss again is his third loss in his last five fights. And I wonder if he ever gets back to the biggest stage. He won't get back to the biggest stage in 2023 because that's going to be a Fury Usyk fight. And the winner of that fight isn't going to fight Anthony Joshua as the next fight. Tyson Fury may retire, Usyk clearly wouldn't fight him a third time as the next fight if he wins. Right. If Joshua loses Saturday night, he's not in a world heavyweight title fight till 2024 at the minimum. I'm on the record on the front end, Sean. TopHeavyweights.com. How about that take before we're done?
1: Well, uh, he considers himself to be a top level athlete in a top level division. He believes he's still learning, and we know with the heavyweight division, you can have many, many big fights that don't always involve the championship. Right. And, uh, frankly, if uh, Deontay Wilder had a strong comeback and uh, if somehow he was anointed some title or something happened, who knows what, um, I think a Deontay Wilder-Anthony Joshua fight is big time, about as big as you can get without it being... Uh, the number one versus number two Interesting. which is you know, I just I just think Joshua from from the deal he signed with Dazone, and from what he's said, he may go into hibernation for six months if he were to lose. But I just can't see him disappearing at this age. Granted the defeats have all come recently, um I somehow think he's got a longer career plan. But again, it depends on how he loses. And I'm not saying he's gonna lose. This is the thing. Uh these are two guys at the top of their game. It's hard for people, even heavyweights that are in the top 100 or even, you know, top 200, they can't even conceive of the level of, of precision and timing that we're talking about here. And uh, I, I just think it's, but, but the drama is there. For Joshua, there's no way to say it except that a certain level of his career, without a doubt, is on the line.
0: It is, and that is, again, the unified WBA, IBF, and WBO titles that are all on the line Saturday night in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Uh, interesting, we haven't mentioned this, that that uh, King Abdullah Sports City, as they call it, this is their arena. Uh, yeah. This is not a big dome. You may see this in video and pictures. That they're showing the outside dome. It's not a massive dome with thirty or 40,000 seats. Right. like american stadiums that you know or maybe the tokyo dome where buster douglas uh beat mike tyson this is a more intimate arena it mm-hmm. will be loud it, it will be it will be exciting and what will happen saturday
1: and it's we don't find know. Out. and i have to say it's one other bout on the card which is really worth mentioning is uh philip hergovic mm-hmm. and xylee zhang um What's your uh, what's your call on that one? I don't know I, I what mean, to
0: make of of Hergovich and the uh, and the death of his father and having to pull out of this fight the first time. Where is he mentally? I don't know that we know that answer. He's definitely more talented and probably a bigger puncher uh, than Zhang is, mm-hmm. but that's not always the case. Like you were just saying a few minutes ago, it's not only about that. So I don't. Yeah. I'm I'm fifty fifty on that fight because I don't know which Hergovich we're getting
1: here. On All right, this. the assumption is that perhaps Zhang is at his relative apex because he did perform well in his last couple of fights. And uh, maybe Hergovic is not at his best. And clearly the winner is the IBF number one. Now, Joshua... Mandatory.
0: Joshua fought the mandatory with Pulev at the end of 2020. You've got the rematch here. Joyce is out there with his hand up going, I'm the WBO number one. Mm -hmm, Give mm -hmm. me an opportunity.
1: I think WBA is next.
0: We'll see. All right, so we'll see how all of the politics plays in. But you're right, Hergovich and, uh, and Zhang earlier in the evening, Saudi Arabia not, time not in the afternoon, missed. U.S. time, Canadian time, where Sean is. We're anxious to see how all of this unfolds. Anything else in
1: closing, my friend, before we're good? No, it looks like it's going to be a good weekend to be a heavyweight boxing fan. And I uh, hope everyone enjoys it. I know I will. And uh, TJ, as always, a pleasure.
0: And a reminder again, check out Sean's site anytime, always is a great resource. News, the rankings, the schedule, topheavyweights.com. My thanks again to David Payne. I know Sean echoes this as well. We love his insight from, uh, from England, from the UK. Mm-hmm. Boxingwriter.co.uk is where David writes on his own site, The Boxing Writer on social media. And, and of uh, course, well. don't
1: forget, and don't forget, Big Fight Weekend keep up with all the news
0: absolutely so we'll have a big fight weekend preview coming later in the week depending on how you're hearing us and when you're hearing us dan rayfield with me later in the week with with obviously Usyk joshua the rematch the biggest topic and our bet us boxing show will make predictions gambling predictions on the record friday afternoon live as well and i pledged this earlier we will be back sean next week to recap whatever happens with usick and joshua are we talking about anthony joshua's great redemption again in the middle east a second time a sequel or are we talking about alexander usik now belonging in the conversation with the modern great heavyweights and going for an undisputed shot it's one of the two
1: yeah one it's, of the two we'll see we and let's hope it's not a draw or oh. let's, hope, let's hope that there isn't a cut or that something doesn't happen to alter a definitive outcome i agree with you on that on that we're
0: good for Sean at TopHeavyWeights.com, for David Payne, the boxing writer, I am T.J. Reeves. Thank you for finding us. Make sure you're following, subscribing on the Big Fight Weekend podcast feed for more editions of the TopHeavyWeights.com podcast. The new Super Beats Hard Chews Advanced is
1: now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats, B-E-E-T-S dot com and
0: save 15% with promo code DEAL.